Hello everybody, welcome or welcome back to B&B Anime. I am Brad and today I bring to you one of the most highly anticipated anime films in a very long time in Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Now, my most sincere apologies for this episode going up late. You see, I literally just got back from going to see this in theaters and plans have changed. They've, they've changed just a little bit. So, what had happened was, was Blue and I were originally supposed to record Jose the Tiger and the Fish. However, due to the passing of her golden cedar the other day, she just wasn't up to recording. So, all of our good vibes and everything are definitely being sent her way because she, she definitely needs it. And so, because of that, she's not here to record. So instead, y'all are stuck with me. Once again, however, we got something big to talk about, and I was initially going to do a winter 2022 wrap-up for this episode and then do this next week. However, I figure, strike while the iron's hot, it's opening weekend, so let's let's bring them what they want. That way, you kind of have an idea if you want to go see it in theaters. If not, then, you know, you got me. You got me to talk about it. So without any further ado, that way y'all aren't stuck with me for ages, let's get into it. So yeah, this episode's going to be going up late because like I said, I literally just sat down and started recording this. As soon as I got back, it's on recording Sunday, I got back at 9.15pm. So 15 minutes before this was initially supposed to go up. So to Blue and our producer, you have my most sincere apologies, but y you know, just it's for the greater good, okay? Sue me. But yeah, so Jujutsu Kaisen Zero was directed by Sonko Park. It is based on the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero manga written by Gege Akutomi. The company that made it was, of course, MAPPA, and it was distributed by Toho. It had a runtime of an hour and 45 minutes, and in the Japanese box office alone, it made over $147.5 million. It's pretty, it's pretty high, it's pretty high grossing. I mean, it wasn't as high as Mugen Train, but still, this film came with a lot of hype. And it's for good reason. Jujutsu Kaisen took the, I believe, the 2020 Anime of the Year awards for Crunchyroll. So, most certainly for good reason. And this was a really good prequel. I will say that. So for those that kind of want a brief summary of the film before I get into a little bit more of the plot bits about it, if you don't want spoiler spoilery bits, the film follows Yuta Okotsu, and our homie is plagued by a curse. The curse that he is plagued by is his childhood friend, Rika Orimoto, and the film pretty much follows our homeboy Yuta getting taken to Jujutsu High, where he is trained by Mr. Satoru Gojo, and we just get more background on Gojo, Suguru Geto, who is one of the main villains from the main series, and we get to see a lot more of our homeboys like Panda and Maki and Toge. And you just kind of get to see the relationship between the four of them, the relationship between Yuta and Gojo, and also Gojo's relationship with Suguru, and how just kind of, because they went to school together. So you get to see a lot of the relationship between those two, and I don't know, that's kind of, that's kind of all I got for just kind of a brief overview. So, if that overview sounds interesting to you, I will highly recommend going and checking it out for yourself. It is still currently in theaters. 
and will be for the next at least couple of days in the U.S., Canada, and I think Mexico and a few other parts of the world. So, with that being said, go check it out. It was good. It was very good. Then, just put your spoiler chicken hats on, because it's time. So, our film opens up with Utah in the classroom, hunkered over, obviously very, very sad, very scared, and he's being bullied. And the bully goes up and puts his hands on Utah, and then our cursed spirit comes through the walls, grabs the dude, and then takes that dude and three other dudes and crams them into a very, very small locker to where the combination of all four of them and the locker together look like E.T. That is not an understatement in the slightest. They look like E.T., So, Yuta is brought before Gojo in a very similar manner in a very similar room that Yuji was brought before Gojo in the main series. And he's like, look, you can either learn to deal with your curse or you're going to be executed. And Yuta's like, but I, I just, I don't know. I'd rather be left alone. And Gojo's like, but being alone is very lonely, so you don't want to do that. So he's like, you can learn to wield your curse, and you can break it, and you can be accepted. And so Yuta's like, all right, I do it. So our boy gets enrolled into the academy. He is introduced to the class of Maki, Toge, and Panda, and our main trio outside of Yuta tried to attack him because they can see the curse that's following him around and feel the presence. And then Rika, the curse, is like, "Mm, nope, not gonna happen. Y'all can't touch him. And then some sort of fight ensues. I'm not 100% certain what happened. However, our trio all have knots on their head and are covered in bandages. And Yuta just looks very sad because, you know, people got hurt again. But they talk, they bond, they kind of get to know each other. And then Gojo sends Yuta and Maki to an elementary school where they go to exercise some curses. However, they get eaten by the big curse. And whilst inside the big curse, Maki goes down because she's obviously not immune to curses. And so our homeboy brings out the power of his curse through his childhood friend slash love of his life. He calls upon her and they wreck the spirit. I mean, absolutely wrecks it. Rika goes absolutely nuts. Tearing that things apart. And our boy, Yuta's very heroic, carries out the two kids and Maki all on his own through the veil. And yeah, that was that was fun. However, in the meantime, Suguru was there at the elementary school and collects Yuta's school ID. And he's like, ooh, I'm gonna keep an eye on this kid. So Yuta goes back to school and he's training more with Panda, Toge, and Maki. They all get closer. They bond. It's all nice and sweet. And then Suguru shows up at the school and tries to recruit Yuta. And Yuta's like, nope, not going to do it. I'm not going to have you insult my friends. I'm not going to go with you. That's That's just not happening. Gojo shows up and is like, hey, you should probably leave. He's like, but wait. Why are you here other than, you know, to try to recruit Utah? He's like, oh yeah, so just so I could let you know that I'm declaring war on the world and I'm going to send thousands of curses to Tokyo and to Kyoto on December 24th, which means this is a Christmas film considering a lot of the film takes place on December 24th. So if you're looking for another Die Hard-esque film, this is it. So, you know, add it to your favorite list of Christmas films. No one will blame you. I certainly won't blame you. This is the biggest endorsement that I can have here 
At the BNB Anime Podcast, this Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is a Christmas film. You're welcome. All right, so everybody trains, everybody's trying to get ready. Gojo, Toge, and Panda all go to Tokyo to deal with the curses, whereas Maki is left behind because she wasn't a high enough grade to be able to go on the assignment. And of course, since no one trusts Yuta with his curse, obviously he's not going to be a part of it either. Well, come to find out, Suguru was lying. He was not going to the front lines. No, he was going to show up at Jujutsu Academy and, you know, try to try to take homeboy's curse because Suguru's power is he can take curses that don't have any sort of binding to them. So he's like, oh, all I got to do is kill Yuta, then I can take his curse and then I can have the most powerful curse in the world. Because that's how Rika's viewed. She's viewed as a special class curse that is like one of the highest grade curses imaginable. So he's like, all right, I'm going to just kill Yuta and then he's going to be... And then Rika's going to be mine. And then I will be able to take over the world, kill off all the muggles, and yeah, just rule the world. So Maki goes to face him, gets dropped fairly handily. We don't get to see her get dropped. However, she gets dropped. She bloodied. She down. Gojo catches wind of what's happening and the fact that Suguru isn't actually at the battle. So he sends Toge and Panda there through some very, very cool teleportation magic. They fight. And of course, the fight scenes in this are absolutely incredible. 10 out of 10 animation. Mappa does not disappoint in any way, shape, form or fashion with their fight scenes. They're crisp. They're clean. And it's an entirely different level of amazing than what we had in Demon Slayer. Although Demon Slayer is very, very pretty and flashy and all that other stuff, Mappa's was just clean. Like, everything was just so well done. The camera work is incredible. Just, ah, uh, there's something special about the way Jujutsu Kaisen does their fight scenes. It's splendid. So it kind of cuts back and forth between the war going on, Gojo absolutely wrecking curses and another dude like absolutely beats the shit out of this dude. It's pretty cool to see. And then going back to the high school where Panda and Toge also got clapped by dude, Yuta sees all this going on. Finally, he snaps and starts going toe to toe with Suguru, kind of, sort of, not really. Suguru gets the upper hand. And yet, Yuta is like, mm, nope, not for long. I'm uh, I'm going to step my game up a little bit. He steps his game up. Come to find out, he has the ability to kind of, sort of, pick up on the powers of others and be able to use them himself. Dude manages to create a microphone with the same power as Toge, where he can speak curses into existence and explodes a whole bunch of curses. It's pretty cool. It's very, very interesting. And then also Rika comes out to join the fray. And this is where we kind of see the most personality of Rika, especially the curse Rika throughout all of this. You can see that she feels emotion. And then with her feeling emotion come the final scene of the battle. Yuta looks at Rika and he's like, look, he's like, I'll give you everything. My heart, my life, my body, whatever, whatever you want. I just want to beat this man. I want to defeat him. And she's like, oh, you've made a sacrificial bond with me. All right, full power time. And just fucking wrecks Suguru. I mean, wrecks. Also, the colors and the gradients of this film. Mwah. Chef's kiss. 10 out of 10. Great job. The purple off of Rika's attack was just, oh, it's so good. 
I can't speak highly enough of the way that this film or Jujutsu Kaisen in general does their fights, their coloring, their shading. They did wonderful. A lot of the shots from this film actually looked real, by the way. A lot of the scenery and stuff, that's a big part for me. Like anytime I see stuff like that, oh, it's amazing. I love it. But then again, everybody here listening to this knows how big of an animation nerd I am. And seeing that, it was great. It was a fun time. So yeah, Rika, Rex, Suguru, he tries to get away, he stumbles away, and he's like, I'll get you next time, Gadget. You know, that that kind of thing. Where Suguru is met by Gojo. Gojo looks at Suguru, says something, they kind of have a little bit of a back and forth, and it is meant to believe that Gojo offed Suguru. However, we've all seen season one. We know that Homeboy is still alive and still evil, so I kind of want to know what happened. But it's not explained. This film left a lot of questions unanswered. Like for one, where the hell is Yuta in season one? Why the hell is he not there? We got a post credit scene that doesn't even really answer that question. It's very weird. Very strange. Anyway, Yuta wakes up to Maki, Panda, and Toge healed from his healing curse that he used on them. And... He explains to them, he's like, look, I sacrificed myself for Rika, so I gotta, I gotta go. And Rika's cursed form shatters. And you have his childhood friend, Rika, standing before him. And Gojo explains like, hey, so listen, we did some research. We found out who she is. Like, that was wrapped up very neatly. But you, Yuta, you're actually, like... We're part of the same family. We're distant family, but we're, we're part of the same family. So that kind of explains a lot about who you are. It kind of felt like a cheap write-off, but it was Gojo who said it. And the way they presented it, it was great. It was funny. I'll give it a pass. But he's like, yeah. So come to find out, she didn't curse you. You cursed her. Whatever you saw her die as a kid, you cursed her into staying there with you because you didn't want to lose her. And that's obviously a power that you were born with, considering, you know, you're a descendant of mine and I'm like the most powerful person in the world. So Rika and he, Rika and Yuta embrace. And it's very sweet. It's very touching. And she's like, all right, bye bye for now. Love you. And then disappears into like a bubbly mist away. Shoot. Bye bye. And yeah, that's pretty much where the story ends. You get to see Gojo and Yuta walking off in the winter towards the other three homies. And yeah, that's pretty much where the film ends. It was a good film. It was a very good film. I know it's me sitting here, and I'm definitely the more optimistic of the two between Blue and I. However, I don't have anything negative to say about this. It was a phenomenal experience. It was a fun time. And just getting to know more of the characters, getting to know more of Maki's background and Toge's background, especially getting to spend more time with Toge and learning more about him and his personality was really cool to see and just... Gojo, finding out that Gojo and Suguru were inseparable best friends in high school and finding out that Suguru is a special grade jujitsu sorcerer, but he, he got expelled from jujitsu high school. And so he, he evil, he bad, he banned. But still considering like Gojo still considers him a best friend and the only best friend he ever had. It's such an interesting dynamic between the two. And it just led to a lot of really cool questions that still have to be answered by the show and i cannot wait for season two to kick off next year i will be chomping at the bit whenever it's inevitably announced probably for spring if i had to take a guess but yeah i am beyond excited it was a really good film i had a great time 
Thinking about it logically, I think I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Like I said, it was really good. It was great. I think the love story between Rika and Yuta kind of dampened it a bit for me. And I get it. I'm the romance dude. I should love it. But I much more cared about the relationship that was building between Maki and Yuta rather than Yuta and Rika. And I know that sounds bad considering, you know, childhood friends lovers all that fun stuff i get it but i don't know i don't know what it was about it that just kind of turned me off to that romance in particular maybe the fact it felt forced i don't know but it was great it was a good time i really enjoyed it solid 8.5 out of 10 and again i can't stress this enough if you have the ability if you feel comfortable with going out in public and going to see this i highly 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 recommend it solid film worth the money 100 percent. go see it And with that being said, thank you all so much for listening and putting up with me on another solo episode. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Y'all are the absolute best. And just thank you. Seriously. If you want to hear more episodes, we have a website, www.bnbanime.com, where we have an archive of all of our episodes, Friends of the Podcast, information on both Blue and I, links to all of our socials, platforms, streaming platforms, all that fun stuff. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BNB Anime. You can find me on Twitch at Brad Quarter Gaming. You can find Blue on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM. We also have a YouTube channel where we have a very, very fancy set of thumbnails, the entire archive of all of our episodes. However, YouTube is a week behind. So be sure to be sure to subscribe on all the things like Spotify and Apple, just so you know you don't miss an episode and you get to be ahead, because y'all are the ones that get gold stars. The people that watch on YouTube, y'all, y'all get silver stars, because, you know, you're a week behind. You're a little late, but it's okay. We still love you. Thank you so much for spending your time with us and letting us help get you through your day, your drive, whatever it is. Again, it means the absolute world to us that y'all listen, and we we really appreciate it. And so with all that being said, thank you all so much for listening again. Next week, I'm going to bring you my wrap-up of the 2022 winter season, where I bring to you some of my favorites and some of my definite, definite least favorites of the season and just, you know, just kind of talk with y'all about it while we give Blue another week of rest. But again, thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it, and I'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye.